Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts in the ag industry. We get to work for that grassroots producer every day and helping them protect their livelihood. We know it's important to bring the next generation around. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots. Welcome back, and thank you all for joining us for another episode of Capital Roots. My name is Joe Patronella. And I'm Clint Cryer. And today with us, we have Emily Lochner. She's the Executive Director of Engagement and Education. And we have Scott Williamson. Let's see if I get this right. The Executive Director of Law Enforcement and Brand and Inspection Services, both of which are with Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association, which is the oldest trade association and the oldest livestock organization in texas and i miss any of this up y'all feel free to correct me but um we are just so excited to have y'all here and happy to talk about all things cattle raisers um first and foremost growing up i never really understood that it was y'all that put out the cattleman magazine and i need y'all to know that that was like the holy grail at my house when that thing came all of the magazines were thrown to the ground i raced for it and that is how it's been sunday afternoons that was it for me so that was something that i learned recently that y'all do i think that's so cool um fact of the day the the cattleman is the longest running magazine in the state of texas across all platforms um is the yep the longest running one so we still do it every month we knew it was a good one that's wonderful um so i guess if one of y'all wants to just kind of hop in and tell us some of the biggest facts or best facts or what what are some of the proudest things y'all feel about cattle raisers? Emily, I'll let you start. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'll just tell you a little bit about, um, about cattle raisers. So cattle raisers was founded in 1877 in Graham, Texas by um, just a bunch of ranchers who met under an oak tree and decided that there was too much law um, uh, crime out there and too much cattle theft. And, at that time, 146 years ago, they formed Texas Cattlemen's Association, and 146 years later, we're still going strong, and um, it's so neat to me to see how over 146 years it has evolved, but um, at the same time honored its you know rich heritage and strong roots that we still, um, what Scott does um, and, and his department does is they still fight crime um, to this day. It looks a lot different than it did in 1877, but they still do that. But um, but we fight in so many other ways. Um, at the association, we fight something that may come in the stroke of a pen in Austin um, that affects landowners' rights or our right to, you know, raise cattle. And so um, we fight, um, you know, in that way. And we also um, fight, you know, the the barrier to entry and um, the aging population of the cattle industry. We know it's important to um, to continue to bring the next generation around and um, support youth in agriculture and, and look to educate and and draw these young people in so they want to be involved in the beef industry. And so um, I just, you know, that's probably my favorite part is the the really neat blend that Cattle Raisers has been able to accomplish of honoring, you know, a longstanding heritage, but also um, adapting to twenty. 2023. Scott? 
You know, the law enforcement obviously is where my history is. Uh, I started as a brand inspector um, in 1987 uh, with Cattle Razors. So I've, uh, by far the majority of my career has been here. Uh, and that core belief that, that we can help the producer, um, as Emily stated, that we started in Graham, Texas, uh, and we're rounding that corner here next week, February 15th of 1877, is when those producers met under an oak tree to decide to, to take back um, the protection of their, their property, their livestock. And so what is fun about this today, uh, that we have that exact same mission, that I have uh, 29 special rangers, 30 in our department along with myself, uh, and about 65 brand inspectors that look at over 90 markets each week that are non-commissioned inspectors. But we get to work for that grassroots producer every day and helping them protect their livelihood. So when you think about cattle theft, uh, you know, it's commonly even asked of me, you know, that really still happens. And, and just to give you a, a, a context for that, we were lightly staffed last year. We had a lot of transition going on and had a thousand uh, investigations filed last year, about five and a half million in uh, recovered property and livestock, uh, which is when you look at it in a, a 365 day average, our department recovered uh, nearly 16,000 in property and livestock for producers every single day, 365 days of the year. And uh, so that mission has not changed uh, and it's such a fulfilling uh, career. Definitely. That's wonderful. Definitely. So as, as we get started off talking about Texas Southwestern cattle raisers, we, I need you guys to help us settle a little bit of bet that uh, Joe and I have. If we look at you guys' names, Texas and Southwestern, we kind of have a, a little bet going of uh, what states you might represent or would be encompassed. What in covers the, the Southwestern is what yeah, we, were, yeah. we were talking about before yeah. y'all hopped on. It, we have uh, Texas and Oklahoma is formally where I, our coverage is now. I have special rangers commissioned by Texas Department of Public Safety as special rangers, and I have men in Oklahoma commissioned under the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations as rangers. And then we have seven men along the Red River who actually carry that dual commission and can work anywhere from Kansas to, to the coast. Um, but in our original history, it also encompassed part of Colorado, Southern Colorado and New Mexico. And that was where that original came in uh, that, that tied that together. Good Night actually had the, uh, an association in the Panhandle that had Colorado, the Panhandle, New Mexico. And when we merged, that was the, the denominator to bring that together. Okay, so neither of us got it right, but between the two of us, we we kind of we kind of got close, and so definitely glad we asked that question, um, Scott. That was all fascinating, and and I want to get into some stories about whatever you might be able to share with us later. But Emily, before I forget, I want to go back to your kind of general walkthrough, and as always is the case, I love how Emily talks. She can phrase things so perfectly. I could listen to her talk all day. But you you mentioned. What different ways y'all fight, be it a stroke of a pen in Austin or fight the barrier of entry for young farmers and fighting in terms of education by educating farmers and ranchers. Can you touch on that a little bit since I know that that's kind of a major component of your job and 
and what that might entail and what that might look like. Yeah, because I didn't know you were a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would I would love to talk about that. So, um, you know, it is an education of all SWATs uh, from the beginning rancher to those who are in it you know, have been in it for 50 years and in our sixth generation ranchers. And so we cover uh, really the gamut of everything in between. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to get a phone call of um, somebody who moved from California or Utah and they bought acreage in Texas, um, something that I'm sure uh, Clint and Joe, y'all are very familiar with. Y'all deal with that on a daily basis. Um, people moving in or or people moving out to the country who are uh, maybe first generation um, ranchers and they bought this property and now they have cattle and they don't know how to make it profitable. And so um, we create educational content for them um, because that's important to us um, to, you know, take a holistic look at the beef industry and see, you know, how everybody fits in and offer education for them. But um, we also have, um, you know, a, a share of our membership that um, have been in it and they, they have a good handle on um, daily ranching and they need to know things like border security and carbon credits and the answers to um, direct-to-consumer beef. They're looking at a lot of other topics. And so um, we offer a lot of education for them. But um, but really, you know, in the last couple of years, we have um, taken a hard look at our involvement and our opportunities for young people, um, high school-aged, college-aged, and young producer, which is a loose term um, that we yeah. call somewhere 25 to 40, but we really take everybody. Um, and, you know, we realize that the average age in the ag industry is over 60. And it's important for us to look at the next generation. Cattle Raisers has been here since Scott said, you know, next week it'll be 147 years, I guess. Um, and and we want to be here, we want to be here in the next 147 years. And and we have to answer the question: who's going to do that? Who's going to who's going to show up and want to get out of bed and go work cattle? And um, so we we need to make sure that we are offering the opportunities for these high schoolers and we capture them long before they ever pick a major in college and long before, um, you know, they've they've got something where they don't want to be in the ag industry anymore. That's important to us. Yeah. So um, so we cover really the gamut of education no matter what type of cattle operation or non-cattle operation um, they no, may have. I think that's great. And we, we do the same thing on our end. We've really ramped up our YBS, Young Bidding Small Lending efforts. And it's 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 to the same point, you know, who's going to raise the cattle on y'all's end? Who's going to be able to have land to put those cattle on to raise them? Because at the end of the day, it's an industry problem. And it's something that we all need to work together to fix. So I, I, I love to hear that that's something y'all are doing. And know that it's something we're doing on our end too. Definitely. And, and one of the things that we've mm -hmm. looked at too, is it's not just producers. It, it is producers because as you mentioned, the, the average age of producers is actually over 60 at this point, whether we're talking farmers or ranchers, but it's, it's, it's everyone involved in the industries. Who's going to be the next Emily, the next Scott, the next Joe. Um, we've got to prepare those, that next generation for production. Definitely. But also in the other, uh, other leadership roles within uh, the sphere of agriculture as well. I did have one Absolutely. question, as, as you may have mentioned it, but how many members does TSCRA have? 
Yeah, so we um, we represent um, over 50,000 members across the state. So um, memberships, um, we differentiate it. Um, we say we have about 18,000 memberships, um, which represent over 50,000 actual members because there's, you know, obviously more than one person uh, on a ranch attached with each membership. Gotcha. So let's talk about a little bit about being a member of, of cattle raisers. What, what value does that provide me? Scott, do you want to go? I'm, we're going to, I think we're going to, we're tag team this one. Yeah. One of them, um, and going back to our, our, our original purpose and mission is, is the law enforcement security. So we have specialized special rangers who have ag background and criminal investigative investigative background to work on these cases. So in saying that, I don't want to portray that we are greater than any other uh, law enforcement agency, but we're specialized in that. And and more than that, our networking ability gives us the ability to to, uh, investigate these crimes because they have a large a large area that they can be filed in. So in other words, when your cattle gets stolen, uh, they're not going next door to the neighbor. They're, they may be going uh, to another state. Uh, you know, they've got a wide venue that, that those crimes can be um, uh, handled in. So that gives us the ability to work with all sorts of agencies. We worked with from Homeland Security to, to U.S. Marshals, to Postal Service, Sheriff's Departments, FBI, a multitude of different agencies all over North America, Mexico, and Canada. And so we have the ability to investigate these specialty crimes uh, where local departments uh, maybe not have that expertise and and maybe just not have the time uh, because they're covered up with all the violent crimes. So so the support we have uh, for these special rangers, 100% comes from these members. so when you see that this this uh, recoveries in these cases that I've talked about and the pickups that we drive about a million miles a year, uh, those memberships are paying for that. There's no state, no federal, no municipal funds uh, supporting us at all. And we don't only work for members, we work for everybody because we look at it, if they are a, a criminal affecting society, one way or another, they're affecting our members. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that membership uh, is, to me, a, a critical uh, component of supporting the, the security of agriculture for all of Texas, uh, not just our members. Uh, so while that's, a, to me, a very, very significant and what our core mission was, um, then all of these things that I'll let Emily talk about are, are definitely uh, critical to supporting agriculture and its survival, uh, which is the basis of why we're here. Yeah, and I'll answer, so we have eight departments at Cattle Raisers, and the Special Rangers um, makes up one of the eight, so I'll answer that, but I want to add on to what Scott said. It's not just, um, it's not just cattle crimes that y'all investigate. I mean, y'all do the gamut of ag crimes. Yes, um, and and that is, that is often misunderstood as being cattle raisers. We work any agricultural crime, so uh, in these recoveries, it's been, uh, from all types of livestock and horses, trailers, saddles, um, grains. Uh, we've worked property stolen out. Uh, uh, matter of fact, one time I was working a case where it was saddles out of a, a saddle house, but they had backed up to the house and actually pulled the air conditioner out of the, the, this old couple's house. 
And huh. so that's a long story in and of itself that was quite entertaining, but we, we were able to recover the air conditioner for the house. Uh, but in today's world, we're actually um, a high percentage of them are financial crimes, whether it's false identity, forged checks, uh, online fraud, um, cattle sold through multiple social media platforms uh, or digital platforms. Um, we've worked a lot of bank fraud, hindering secured creditor conversions, uh, just a, a gamut of all sorts of financial crimes as well. Yeah. And so to add on what Scott said, um, you know, we have um, seven other departments that we offer um, our members. And so um, obviously our voice in Austin is huge. Um, we have registered lobbyists in Austin and they, they sort through thousands of bills that are filed each legislative session. And they look at things that are going to affect a right to, to farm, whether that's land ownership or carbon credits, like we talked about earlier. Um, we're really looking at the fake meat labeling bill. Um, this year will be a big one for us. Um, so we really, um, uh, Cal Razors um, looks at, you know, a, a strong voice in Austin. Um, like we talked about earlier, educational opportunities. Um, so we offer uh, so many ways to get plugged in through education, um, online and in person throughout the state, throughout the year. Um, and we have a huge history of backlogged educational content. We work with, um, like Scott mentioned, we are just so grateful to have such a great connection in the industry with a lot of different partners, including Capital Farm Credit. Um, I know we've done a lot of work with y'all in the past about um, just educating farmers and, and ranchers. And so, um, <clears throat> so we have that, but um, we also provide um, event opportunities for our, our members to come and, and get together, which after 2020, um, we're all so, so grateful for, and we really That's relish it now. Yes. <laughs> oh man, the opportunity when you get to get together and, and see your fellow cow raiser, um, 50% of the ideas that are, you know, beneficial to your operation, let's be real, it's probably 90% of the ideas come from the hallway conversations, you know, among your fellow cattle industry member. Um, and we also have a really great communications team. Like you said earlier, um, the Cattleman Magazine comes out once a month, um, but we also have a, a daily e-news that goes out every day at four o'clock. And we talk about all the things that are happening in the beef industry, cattle prices, weather outlook, um, events that are coming up um, and, and opportunities to get plugged in. And um, so, you know, that's really great um, source of education and communication in and of itself. And then lastly, um, we have an insurance department. And so um, if you need health insurance, then um, it's hard to find health insurance in today's day and world, then you can come uh, be a part of CalRaiser's uh, insurance company. Um, but you don't have to be a member to be a part of CalRaiser's insurance either. That's that's a open to anybody. So Cliff, Cliff, Clint, <laughs> to answer your question, <laughs> seems like they uh, are a voluminous amounts of yeah. benefits that cattle yeah. raisers. A lot of benefits there. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it uh, on this broadcast. But if say I'm an interested party that's interested in, in cattle, land, or other agriculture, and and see some value in what you're talking about there, how do I become a member of of cattle raisers? TSCRA.org. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different ways, uh, but TSCRA.org, you can join online. Um, you can also visit us. We travel to over 60 events per year across the state. So we will be coming to a city near you soon, um, whether that's at a bull sale um, or at an event that we host and you can join there and 
Scott and I both have these great CalRaiser signs behind us. If you're a new yeah. member, you get to take one home with you. So um, hang it on your fence and probably show off. Tell us about those signs, Emily. Scott probably is, is better thanks to that. Or, or Scott, because <laughs> those signs hold a great value coming from a legal opinion here. And so, you know, I, I, I want everyone to hear about those. Well, they, uh, and, and I'm going to preface uh, us both having these signs. You know, one thing that I, I, I'm proud about our association, Emily and I, and, and many, many others, uh, uh, most of my special rangers, uh, have our own farm and ranch operations. So the perspective we have as serving the industry uh, is from somebody who day-to-day -day has skin in the game. And, and so I, to me, that that's a really uh, valuable component. When, you're, when you know the, the emotion and the feeling and the value of their loss, particularly us looking at it as the Seth side, or Emily as the education side and, and all of the things that she's involved in, but the, the, the sign is the poster child for TSCRA uh, that they, um, and it is widely recognized. Matter of fact, people sometimes say, if I'm outside of, of my ag setting, you know, who do you work for? And I tell them TSCRA and I said, well, have you ever seen the blue signs? And they immediately, even if they're in the center of Dallas, they'll go, oh, I've seen that. Um, and so that, that value, but I'm going to go back for the value of, of the that you're referring to. We arrested a criminal that we had made over 50 felonies on, uh, charged nine arrests in two states, uh, nine arrests for nine arrests in different counties in two different states. And when we were interviewing him, we were driving crime scene to crime scene. And we went in a place he had stole cattle and we went right next door where some cattle were very handy and there was a gate on the sign. And we said, well, why didn't you go in there and get any of those? And he said, oh, I didn't know what that sign was, but it scared me. And, and he went over that gate to the next gate that didn't have a sign to steal the next set of cattle. And we have repetitively heard that, that people now have enough respect for the special rangers that they recognize when somebody's a member that that is a deterrent. Uh, so there's great value um, in that signage. That's for sure. Those signs are kind of iconic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott, any other stories along those lines or any specific uh, searches that stand out in your mind that might entertain a listener or two that you'd be willing to share? Well, we could sit here for hours um, and tell stories, you know, some of the, that I'll just tie back to, to two that are, that we've already kind of referred to the air conditioner that we were talking about. We were yeah, in and, and so we, we caught the saddle, we found the saddle at a pawn shop and we, we picked up the gentleman and we were interviewing him and we were going to run a search warrant on his house. We were getting that prepared and took him with us. And when we, Went to his house the whole time he had been saying, well, I, you know, we caught him with the saddle, so he didn't have much option. Uh, but he kept saying, I don't know anything about the air conditioner. So we go back to his house and we open up these double doors in the back off the porch and walk in. And in the living room is this air conditioner. And he looks over his shoulder and he said, oh, I guess my roommate went back and stole that. <laughs> so, you know, it's just amazing how, how these thieves sometimes can think uh, that, that we're really that... Uh, unattuned to uh, 
what's going on. But the, the, the gentleman we made all of the warrants on, we were running a search warrant on his house and, and had game wardens and sheriff's departments and, and federal officers. And it had gotten into a pretty big event. And uh, uh, HD, my partner and I were interviewing this suspect on the kitchen table and game wardens were going through a freezer. They had all sorts of illegal deer and animals in it. And he was lying to us another time. We knew it. And one of the game wardens reached in and pulled out a federal protected bird that was, I don't know what it was, 10 or 20 years in the pen. It was a, it was a big offense. Um, wow. And he, he knew that, that this gentleman was lying to us and he leaned over my shoulder and, and held that bird out and pried out those frozen wings and looked at him. And he said, you know, this, it, this penalty is severe for this animal, for this bird. He said, now, if you'll just go on and tell the truth, it'll fly right on out that window and never be seen. And he went back to talking and we got a few more confessions out of him. <laughs> That's funny. Well, nobody ever accused a criminal of being smart, Joe. No, it did not. It did not. I've actually got a, a personal story, uh, a special ranger, actually a buddy of mine in Lubbock. You guys would probably know uh, Dean Bohan and recently retired uh, from cattle raisers, but he helped me actually on a, a cattle theft case that, that I was involved with uh, personally, just a quick story, but I, I'd sold a load of, uh, Herford heifers and sold it to a guy. Evidently he had quote unquote resold those heifers, picked up the cattle, shipped them, wrote me a hot check. Of course, I'm a banker. The first thing I did, it wasn't a cashier's check. So, you know, I, I went to the local bank that he banked with and immediately asked them to convert that to a, a cashier's check so that I could go deposit the money. And they told me, you know, Mr. Cryer, the check's no good. Well, come to find out the the guy that he had rep he had misrepresented these cattle to another gentleman that had bought them, delivered them, and he wasn't paying him, so it was a problem. But yeah, he actually had to, we ended up getting the cattle back uh, through you know the help of of cattle raisers and, and Dean's expertise. So that's a that's a good personal story that hit you know pretty very close old, to home. Yeah. Dean retired with over thirty years. He was a very good special ranger. Wow. Funny story about Dean. We got to be good buddies and I worked at a commercial bank for a while uh, and he would always come in and, and visit. I think he actually may have banked there. I don't know. But if you, if you don't know Dean, Dean's about six, 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 seven or something. He, he's always been a big man to me and he always has that 1911 45 on his hip, you know? So I didn't know the whole story there. And then actually, you know, uh, you guys were a special commission, Texas Rangers. Well, Dean explained that to me one time and he came into the bank, you know, a bank being a, a safe place, you know, where weapons weren't allowed and such. So Dean came in and we visited for probably an hour. Well, he left and then it was either a teller, customer service rep or something came up to me afterwards. He's like, that guy was carrying a gun. I said, yeah, I know. And, uh, she said, well, you've, you've got to tell him that he can't carry that in here. And I said, he's a Texas Ranger. You go tell him. <laughs> you know, with that said, I, I want to make that clear is there's a Texas Ranger and then we are special Rangers. Uh, we're commissioned under a different item um, in, in, the, uh, in the codes in Texas than a Texas Ranger. So while we're, that's often misunderstood, while we're commissioned by DPS um, and our authority is under uh, uh, the code is a, a special Ranger um, and we work closely with the Texas Rangers, but we are not a Texas Ranger. 
and we're not an employee of DPS, we're just simply commissioned, which doesn't sound like it should work. Um, that that for you know well over a hundred years, the highest ranking investigative um, uh, department in Texas and in Oklahoma would commission and give authority to special rangers, but not be in control of them. Uh, and it, it's amazing as to my knowledge, we've never had a problem. Seems like it's worked pretty good to me. I'd say so. I'd say so. To your point, Clint, you know, anytime we travel, um, if we're traveling with staff or wherever we go, I always say I never feel safer because there's 30 guys around us. And they've all got guns on their hip. It's a good feeling. It's a good place for us to work. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. What about financial crabs? You, you mentioned that, Scott. Any stories there that you might have investigated? That hits home close to, to capital. To capital. You know, um, Probably, uh, I've worked many large ones and, you know, up to, to over 10 million, uh, but probably one of the most entertaining was a gentleman that used a, we had worked him a number of times with, with different uh, frauds and thefts and arrested him, and he got to the point that everybody knew him. So he created a false identity using uh, the first and middle name of his grandfather, bought cattle uh, in Starkville, Mississippi, Mississippi. And I tell people, they always ask, hey, you know, how do these how do these even happen? Well, agriculture is an integrity based industry. Uh, you know, if you think about how much wheat did you cut, how much Draxon did you give, you know, what what's your calves weigh? Everything is based off of somebody's integrity. Um, so he he contracts to buy a quarter of a million dollars worth of cattle from um, Starkville, Mississippi, has them delivered to, to uh, Hardeman County, Quanah, Texas. They unload. Uh, he, he tells them, oh, I mailed the check. I guess, you know, they didn't understand. And they were telling him he should have sent it back with the truck. <clears throat> Other thing, oh, he's telling the truth. So they drive home. He pulls the back tags off of these, strips them, cleans them up, puts them on a fresh set of truck, changes names again, sends them to Kansas, sells them to a feed yard, puts them into another DBA, sends them back the money back to Texas and puts it in another account. Um, and through a series of photo lineups and IDs and tracings, we were able to identify him and uh, made a case. The interesting thing about that case was we, we were able to, because of Texas law says that wherever it's stolen from travels through or disposed of. So it technically was stolen from Mississippi, disposed of in Kansas, but unloaded for a couple of hours in Hardman County, Texas. There it gave us venue. We went to trial, in a, and that is a very rural ag-based community, um, and a young girl ended up as foreman, and so I'm sure they felt some great comfort in that. But we got him convicted, and they gave him 99 years which upheld through, upheld through appeal. And I still would be interested, that was the maximum you could give by law for any felony, um, first degree felony. And, I, and my, I wouldn't be surprised if that may have been the stiffest one ever handed down in Texas to be upheld. Uh, we actually ended up getting multiple convictions that we stacked. And the last time I heard he had about 145 years to do. Yeah, I don't want to do 145 years. No, but I mean, I don't think any of us sort of gone through the links he did to try to get that. That's, that's crazy. That is a, that's a lengthy crime to go through. 
I'm glad y'all called him. Very glad you called him. The young lady's statement after uh, the trial was over and they were interviewing um, some of the jurors, uh, she just said, you know, my my family and my grandfather, my great-grandfather are all producers, and that could have been one of them. Yep, that's for sure. So being that we're about capital, I mean, about agriculture here um, and, and kind of the roots in agriculture, you, you made a statement that agriculture is an, an integrity-based industry. I'd like for us to discuss that a little bit, what that really means. I wrote that down too, yeah. You know, it, and it's what we pride ourselves in is that you can trust the, the strength of a handshake and the number of contracts. There was a, a, a case uh, a great number of years ago. Well, I say great, 15 years ago, maybe longer than that. Oscar Black in the Metroplex defrauded uh, millions of dollars in cattle, and a lot of it was investment funds from retired people. Um, and in, it was a very large case. Um, but the, the fact of the matter was that all of these had been done over good faith. Um, and we've had several of these where the suspect um, would pray with people and, and they, they prayed on laying out this uh, godly aura around them to commit these crimes and to convince these people um, I did an interview school at DPS um, early in my career. And the first day, the investigator held up a Bible in one hand, rosary beads in the other. And he said, anytime your suspect in the interview holds up either one of these, he did it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I hate to look at that um, that way, but thieves have, have learned how to prey on our integrity and our wish for um, upholding that in integrity. So if you look at, you send a set of calves to somebody, they're bought, they send them out there, you process them, put them out on your weed on gain. You're talking about what did they, what was the end weight, what was the shrink. Uh, I worked a case on Draxon. You think about that. It, um, five weight calf, you got $20 a head. So you got a thousand head that you were supposed to process with Draxon. That's a $20,000 crime. Um, I've worked a case on uh, where cattle were unloaded and they were, um, what was the shrink on those cattle? Um, so if you're buying or selling, either way, if you adjust that shrink one or 2%, you know, that's at $1.70 a pound on, on a set of yearlings right now at 50,000 pounds, that's a pretty big check uh, just off of one truckload. So you start looking at delivering 20, 30, 40 truckloads, um, those financial crimes get pretty big. But the industry uh, wide, um, is all based on trusting someone's word. Uh, going back to that Oscar Black, we were doing an interview and the district judge and the district attorney in the panhandle were sitting in this meeting. And one of the attorneys jumped up and said, why would you ship these cattle without a contract? And the district judge started laughing. He said, what are you laughing about? He said, I've got eight loads on the road right now and I have no idea who bought them or where they're going. <laughs> And, it's, you know, I just know I'm going to get a check wired to me this afternoon. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is, it is such, we, we, we operate without even thought of it being um, honest. I think it goes to a lot of, we're just good people in the ag industry. And that sounds like a self-righteous statement, but it's just with the experience we all have in it come to be true. 
I mean, my family has at least place that we've had since 2004 that's based on a handshake. And that's probably the worst thing I could say out loud as a lawyer. But I'll, ne I'll never change that because I've known this family for forever and, and we pay on time. We have, we, you know, we provide the labor, they provide the materials and the vids needs fixing and it, it just works. And so I, it is entirely integrity based. And I, I think you'd be very challenged to find another industry that even comes close to being that way. And I think it's a pride thing, a, a thing to be proud of. I'm sure there's some pride involved, but yep. I think yep. it's a, a proud statement to be able to make. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. You know, when I moved from West Texas into Fort Worth as director, it was a little culture shock uh, because I could go to town without my wallet. And I, whether I went to the store, the feed store, I went and buy, I could go buy, you know, a 300 horsepower tractor and not even have my wallet with me. Um, and so it would to come down and realize that I was going to need, you know, fingerprints and three children just to get, you know, something in Fort Worth was, you know, was, was a life lesson for me. A little bit different. A little bit different. I was just going to say, you know, sometime I'd like to visit with you, Joe. You know, you're sitting here advocating for business on a hand handshake, but you're an attorney by trade. I know. I was just telling you, it's probably not the best thing for me to say professionally, <laughs> but personally, it's worked out well. Uh, I agree. I agree. So, Scott, is there any other any other thoughts from cattle raisers you want to throw out there? I'm going to revert back and take this this quick opportunity to, to a reminder um, to kind of merging the beginning and the end of these conversations. Uh, you know, our, our special rangers can be found at, at tscra.org and, and go in and find your ranger uh, if you need any help. Uh, but that also includes uh, a welcome to reach out to us prior to having any issues. There are so many things in that integrity-based industry, you know, there are some things you can do to, to set the stage to protect you without having to go overboard or to lose that in, that that the joy of that integrity. Um, take the time to ask questions. You know the old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, just because somebody promises you top dollar doesn't mean you're going to get paid top dollar. So uh, be careful to get out on a limb. You know, take the time while you can trust people, take the time to double check. If, if somebody's if you're buying something, make sure that you have somebody that you can trust lay eyes on it. You know, it's I buy bulls, um, and and the, the the people I buy bulls from, I've done it for many many years, know them deeply, and and you know I'll have they'll send me a bull without me seeing it, and know that I'm going to pay them, and, and so that's that's the part of the the industry that we love and we want to make sure we maintain. But if you're going on. Uh, just social media to buy some kind of an animal, make sure that there is some way that you can protect yourself um, because that's the, that's the greatest uh, crime we see going into the future is deception. What's that old saying? Trust your neighbors, but brand your calves. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the only thing that I would say is just um, thank you so much to Joe and Lant for inviting us to be on here. You know, it never ceases to amaze me at the breadth of the ag industry and um, the friendships that there are across the industry in so many different um, varieties from capital to TCRA to so many people that we work with in the industry. 
um, it takes all of us. And um, I, I truly believe that um, in the next 20, 30 years, um, it's going to look a lot different than it does today. And um, the consumers that have questions now, they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep having questions. And it's going to take all of us together in the next 20 years to, to come together, to, you know, the narrative and make sure that we continue to have a profitable and sustainable operation. And so, um, you know, for us, the partnership is just invaluable and uh, across numerous uh, that we have across the industry. So thank you so much for all that y'all do. Well, thank you for all that y'all do. So, and thank y'all for being here with us today. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Thank you for the, the conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I think our listeners will definitely enjoy it. And I think we learned a lot. I think I speak for Joe and myself, but I think everyone that hears what you had to say today will learn a lot. So thank you for that. And we appreciate what you do for the ag industry and for cattle raisers. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Talk to y'all later on. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on Capital Roots. Texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what makes us family. Capital Farm Credit is a proud member of the farm credit system. We finance farmers, ranchers, agricultural producers, and rural landowners, and we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century. Whether it be traditional, innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together. Because together, we're better.